We really do have a resistance to our own mortality, but how do we take this on for real in our own life? You're listening to The Bee Podcast. Make friends, learn new things, and feel understood. Now here's your host, Sage Lally. Hey you, and welcome back to The Bee Podcast. Today, I am so excited to be chatting with Barbara Becker, author of the book, Heartwood. When her earliest childhood friend is diagnosed with a terminal illness, award-winning author Barbara Becker sets off on a quest to immerse herself in what it really means to be mortal. Can we live our lives more fully, knowing someday we will die? With a keen eye towards that which makes life worth living, interfaith minister, mom, and perpetual seeker Barbara recounts stories where life and death intersect in unexpected ways. She volunteers on a hospice floor, becomes an eager student of the many ways people find meaning at the end of life, and accompanies her parents in their final days. But most of all, Barbara inspires readers to live with the end in mind and proves that turning toward loss rather than away from it is the only true way to live life to the fullest. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Sage. So before we get started, I would love if you could tell me a bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am a human rights activist. I've been working with nonprofit organizations for over 25 years, and I am the author of a new book called Heartwood, The Art of Living with the End in Mind. What inspired you to write Heartwood? So when my earliest childhood friend, whose name was Marissa, um, when she turned 30, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And she had this valiant effort to explore life, live life to its absolute fullest in the remaining time that she had. And during that time, my parallel journey to hers was just overtaken by anxiety and fear. And, you know, uh, how would I go on without Marissa? But also, what does it mean to be mortal? You know, someday I will die. Someday my parents, who I love dearly, would die. So I started reading every last thing I could during that time. And I learned that you know, sages and wise people from across time have advised us that the best way to live is to live with this ever-present idea that we don't last forever. So you can see this from, you know, uh, way back, the Buddha, the prophet Muhammad, um, the Stoic philosophers like Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, um, to even Henry David Thoreau, one of the American transcendentalists, all of them advised us to think about our own mortality as a way of reprioritizing what's important in our lives. So I set off on my own quest, my own journey to explore this. And I really give credit to Marissa for setting me off on that journey. So what do you feel like it means to live with the end in mind? And how do you think we can better do that? So I'm so glad you went right to the heart of it all. This this idea of die before we die. Like, What does that mean? It was really puzzling to me when I first heard it. And um, I heard it in a, a Sufi Durga, which is a place where the mystical dervishes gather in the Islamic tradition. 
And when I asked what that meant, the dervish I had met that evening told me, what would it be like to die to our old ways of being, you know, to our egos, to striving for success, to what we look like, you know, the material objects that we gather in our lives, what would it be like to just drop all of those and to live fully like the most enormous expression of ourselves that we could possibly find? And I found that so intriguing. So that's like the death before we die. And we can actually spend time in our lives, it turns out, doing that. You know, it's it's preparation for our, our ultimate death in this lifetime. But it's also just this enlivening way to go about our daily existence. I've heard that our brain is set up to almost block the thought of death. How do you go about really comprehending and sitting with the concept of your own mortality and the concept of your children, loved ones, parents' mortality? Yeah. So I decided that I was going to do the most counterintuitive thing to that very notion that we want to live forever. Like, so how would I begin to confront death face to face? So I got trained by two Zen monks in New York City, and they taught me how to sit with people who are dying. And I worked at Bellevue Hospital as a volunteer, working with hospice patients and their families in their last days and last moments of their lives, um, and really got to see what this looks like firsthand. But what I love about what you just said is that we really do have a resistance to our own mortality. We can get closer and closer through accompanying other people in the last moments of their lives. But how do we take this on for real in our own life? Um, You know, the day that my book was released, I was actually in surgery for a new diagnosis of breast cancer. And this has been an incredibly intense experience. It has taken everything that I hypothesized about and turned it into real world awareness of my own mortality. I mean, I feel extremely lucky because I have an excellent prognosis. And after some more treatment, hopefully this is the last I will see of this cancer. But it did throw into my face um, this this very idea that we are we are frail and we do not last forever and before i knew that it wasn't you know as bad as i thought it might be i really was confronted with what if this really were my last year because it's entirely possible that this has traveled in my system and i'm grateful for all of the incredible people i met in the process of writing heartwood who who taught me how to handle moments like this. Can you tell me more about how you came up with the name? So Heartwood is a metaphor that I found while walking through an old growth forest. And if you imagine the cross section of a tree, there's a darker part in the middle and growth rings that grow all around it where you can count the years of a tree. But Heartwood, that center part is very durable. It's the part that woodworkers most prize. 
And it doesn't any longer participate in the life force of the tree. It's completely dead. It's inert. But we are like Heartwood in so many ways. The people who we have lost and loved become that inner part of ourselves, our strength that endures, you know, in spite of the loss. And the growth rings would would not be able to continue to flourish if it weren't for the heartwood. And the heartwood would rot out completely if it weren't for the growth around it. So it's a symbiotic relationship found in the poetry of nature. I know that you are an interfaith minister and you have learned about a lot of different religions. Have you constructed any sort of idea of what you think happens after death for your own belief system? I have no true understanding of what happens after we die. I have thought a lot about it. Um, I'm really interested in stories of people's near-death experiences where they have um, encountered ancestors um, or just people who have died in their own lives who greet them as they're dying. And I've seen that in hospice patients from other cultures. I met a Maori woman from New Zealand, the indigenous um, tradition of New Zealand. And she was sure that her ancestors would guide her at the time of her death. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Um, I can sense that in some way. But I am 100% fine with mystery and not knowing. And I think that's where I've come. Like, I, I'm happy to not know. It'll be a great discovery when I find out. But being in that space of not needing the answers to everything um, went from being like a cop-out, which is what my younger self would have said, to being like a, a legitimate answer. Do you have a life bucket list? I used to have a life bucket list that involved a lot of places I wanted to travel to and different places where I thought I might like to live. But I'm beginning to see that the bucket lists that really matter are the bucket lists where we get to think about things that are bigger than us. You know? And also just the tiniest things. I my On my bucket list is greeting my son who's coming home today from a weekend away and making the dinner that he loves so much and just being present with him. You know, I'll light a candle on the kitchen counter and we'll eat our meal together and it will be so beautiful. It'll be more beautiful than all of the places that I've ever wanted to go where I still hope to go too. Before you go, I like to ask everyone where they can find you on the internet and where they can get your book. So Heartwood is available wherever books are sold, as they say. And I have a website, which is barbarabecker.com. Thank you for listening to The Bee Podcast with your host, Sage Lally. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Your story has the power to help others. If you step out in boldness and have the bravery to tell it, there are people here who will listen. You just have to speak. That's all for now. See you next time. Bye.